Hello baseball fans and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball. 365 days a year unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it's now the 24th day of January. 2017, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball Studio on a rainy day in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Hey, you know, I, I'm, I do every Sunday the Sunday request, and uh, a lot of Tuesdays I'm going to be doing uh, Tuesdays with with Cubs fan with an eight. Uh, it's Cubs fan with an eight, Marcel, who's my... Uh, big fan I have out in Switzerland, had sent me so many Sunday requests that I figured I should give him his own category. Well, I, I, I haven't been doing it every Tuesday, but I'm going to try to see if I can uh, do it whenever I can on a Tuesday, whenever I get a good question from Cubs fan with an eight, as he is preparing his life of going into the defense of the World Series, as his the world champion. Cubs fan with an eight is looking on 2017, realizing, hey, 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 this is my team now and my championship as he goes forward, hoping to see back to back World Series titles. And I may pick the Cubs and jinx them. Who did I pick to win the World Series last year? I picked the Giants. I did pick the Giants to win the World Series, not because it was an even year, but because I thought they were the best team in the West. Uh, I thought they were going to win the division, and I thought that you pick against Bruce Bochy at your own uh, peril uh, in uh, in the postseason. Uh, and, and I do believe that if the Giants had won that game where they had a three-run lead in the ninth inning facing the Cubs, I do believe Johnny Cueto would have won game five in Wrigley Field. And then who knows what would have happened. You would have had Dodgers, Giants, who knows what would have happened. But he asked me something. He said, Sully Baseball, <clears throat> what are your top five or ten moments of the regular season that will stick with you from the 2016 season? The regular season moments. And this is, uh, you know, this is a good question because we tend to think about a season solely through the prism of October or early November. When you think about certain years, you think almost exclusively about what happened in October. Isn't that, I mean, is that true? I mean, what are we going to remember from 2016? The main image is the remarkable final game between Cleveland and Chicago. That's what it's going to be. You know, they're, they're, you go back over the years, 2015, 2014, 2013, it's almost always going to be an image of the postseason. The cop jumping up in the air, the David Freeze triple, Madison Bumgarner coming out of the bullpen. You know, um, with, with incredibly rare exceptions, like Cal Ripken breaking Lou Gehrig's record or Hank Aaron passing Babe Ruth. You know, it's very rare that the image, the main image of a year is something from the regular season. Even something as powerful as the Mike Piazza home run 
at Shea Stadium in the first game back after 9-11. That is overshadowed by the Yankees' performance, the Derek Jeter flip, and of course the remarkable final game of the 2001 World Series. It's always through the prism of that. But looking back, 2016, as every year does, has some remarkable moments, and the ones that will probably fade away from our memory. And so as we approach the 2017 season and those memories will fade out and new memories will fade in, what are the games that stick with me? I'm going to try to do this as much from memory as possible. I looked up a few things you know, to just sort of double check I wasn't imagining stuff. But here, let me, this is, I guess it's not really counting down, you know, as if I've really thought this through 1 to 10. But I'm going to give you 10 moments from the regular season that stuck with me. And yes, for those of you who are like, Sally talks too much about the Red Sox and Giants. Do you know what? Shut up. It's my podcast, and these are the things that come to my mind. Now, the first thing that came to my mind was a sad moment. It's obviously the death of Jose Fernandez. If there was something that was a moment in the regular season that's going to stick with us for a long time, it's this fun, charismatic, handsome, dynamic player had a terrible, stupid night on a boat where he crashed and died and we lost one of the great shining stars in baseball. And waking up that morning and finding out he was gone is will stick with me. And then the first game back for the Marlins back in Miami and D. Gordon homers in the first at bat. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind. A Marlin memory was the first thing that came to mind. And just how devastating that death was. And and it's going to devastate the team, clearly, moving forward. But the home run by Gordon and them all wearing number 16, that was, uh, that was pretty remarkable. There's one. Um, and you know what? Here's another Marlin highlight. Look at this. Two ones in, I'm going to give you another Marlin highlight. And that was Ichiro Suzuki getting his 3,000th hit. And his 3,000th hit in America. And it makes you he arrived in America at age 27, where he could basically get 200 hits at will. I think the fact that he would have given a run for the money to get to 4,000 if he had started at age 22 or 23. And I think he's going to stick around and, you know, maybe get a hundred hit, you know, some odd more hits. But getting that, that 3,000th hit for Ichiro was the one that stuck to my mind. Um, the 20 strikeout performance by Max Scherzer. 20 strikeouts is incredible. They're, they're, you've seen players get no-hitters, and Scherzer has a few no-hitters under his belt. But to get 20 strikeouts... In a game is, I mean, I saw Clemens do it twice. Carrie uh, Wood did it. Randy Johnson did it. And now Scherzer. So that, to me, that is a, 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 
a milestone when you get 20 whiffs in one game. When he did that, I was like, holy Toledo. I mean, there were other no-hitters this year. And, you know, and, and Arietta got a no-hitter as well. But, I mean, that no-hitter didn't really stick with me. I had to look up the no-hitter. So, clearly, that goes against the rules here. But the Scherzer 20-strikeout game was, uh, that was amazing. Um, I listened to a lot of Giants games, and the, there was so many blown saves that it just got it, it got insane. I mean, if their if their bullpen was mediocre, they would have won the division, and I think would have gone at least to the league championship series if their bullpen was merely adequate. And the one. And and it just seemed like it was always Santiago Casilla blowing the games. It's like another game, got another game where they had the lead, and how did they blow this and how did they blow that? And there was a game where the the Giants had a wild comeback against San Diego, and it went to yeah, it went to like the the. 13th or 14th inning, and they wound up getting the lead. And they handed the ball back, and Santiago was so terrible. And eventually the the, the winning run got to third, and in mid-pitch, he tripped on the mound. If there was ever a a symbol of what went wrong with the Giants, it's Casillo tripping on the mound and balking home the winning run. That game stuck in my head. I remember that game, and I was like, it's like, wow, there you go. There you go. Um, two games that were managed by Dave Roberts, where he showed that he had something else on his mind other than the individual game, that he wanted to, to um, he, had, he had a pennant in mind. He'd go into the World Series in mind. Not just, oh, I, there's there's glory at this individual moment. And these are times where his he had a pitcher throwing a no-hitter. In the case of Rich Hill, it was relatively late in the season, and Hill had been acquired from Oakland. And in the uh, he was throwing a perfect game and hadn't thrown that many pitches along the way. And... It was like in the seventh inning, and they removed him from the game. And I mean, people were like, what, what, what the hell is going on here? The guy's throwing a perfect game. And, the, and eventually, um, Joe Blanton uh, let up a single to break up the perfect game. But that was uh, that game, and a game early in the year. It was Ross Stripling. It was either his first game ever or his first game back from Tommy John and was throwing a no-hitter into the eighth inning in San Francisco. And they had strict pitch limits on him. And even though he was throwing a no-hitter, Roberts took him out of the game. And the very next batter hit a game-tying home run. 
and the Giants wound up getting only two hits in that game, a game-tying home run in the eighth and a walk-off home run in the 10th or 11th inning. I don't remember exactly which inning it was, but it was a game where the kid was throwing a no-hitter. It would be one of the great stories of all time. But that's not how Dave Roberts rolled. Okay, I think that's up to six right now. It's up to six without listing a single Red Sox game along the way. Um, There was an Indians game where the Indians were losing by two in the bottom of the uh, ninth inning. And uh, I believe it was Jose Ramirez hit a game-tying home run. Uh, but then Brandon Geyer hit one. It looked like it was going to be a walk-off home run and ricocheted off the top of the wall, and he just went to the races and hit it and turned into an inside-the-park walk-off home run. And that game was just, that was that was one of the times when I kind of sat up and took a look because basically that whole year I was expecting at any moment the Kansas City Royals, the defending world champion Kansas City Royals, to catch fire at any moment. And that was the moment where I was like, wait a minute. This is probably going to be Cleveland's year, isn't it, in the AL Central? And they were, and man, it was one swing away from being a Cleveland year winning the World Series, too. But that game stuck with me, as did Bartolo Colon's homer. I watched that several times. The that he hit that home run into the warehouse. The, you know, the, the Mets announcers were gone bananas, calling it one of the greatest moments in baseball history, which the hyperbole was part of the humor of it. And the, the players left the dugout. It was, just, it, was, it was just marvelous. It was a marvelous moment when he did that. And, again, uh, this, goes, this one... Is the you know the love fest that everyone had for Vin Scully this year? It was so appropriate that his final game at Dodger Stadium, and I really think it probably should have been his final game. Period. But it turned out his final game at Dodger Stadium was a potential clincher of the NL West, and a the Dodgers got a game tying home run in the bottom of the ninth inning, and then Charlie Culberson, to to send it to extra innings to give us extra Vin, and then Charlie Culberson hit a walk-off home run to clinch the NL West and to have the final moments of Vin Scully announcing in Los Angeles be a walk-off home run that sends the Dodgers not just to the playoffs, but as division champs. That was, you know, you hate to hear things like, it's right out of a movie. But that really did feel like it. And that, to me, was one of those magical moments where baseball just surprises you and makes you feel like, wow, this is really fun, what we're seeing here. This is fun when it's unpredictable. The, The two Red Sox moments that stick out, and they're and they're they're both positive days for the Red Sox, but one was just weird, and they both were games between the Red Sox and Yankees, and the one that I remember that I think basically broke the back of the Yankees and made it clear that all right they're gonna this is the Red Sox will win the division this year, which they did. 
which I have to remind myself from time to time because it felt like the Blue Jays did. <laughs> because the Blue Jays got to the league championship series and the Red Sox were swept out by, by Cleveland. But they won the division title. But the moment where it was clear they were going to win the division title was the game where the Red Sox and Yankees were playing late in the year and Batances was starting to fall apart big time and they rallied and eventually Hanley Ramirez hit the walk-off home run to give the Red Sox the victory. And in a series where it, you know, the Yankees needed to just basically win out to stay in the wild card race. And this just basically put a dagger in their season. And it was such an unlikely comeback. And, and, and I remember I was sitting in my office. Everyone had gone home. And I didn't want to leave until I heard the end of this game. And then when Hanley hit the walk-off, I just went, I went bananas. And then, of course, the way the Red Sox clinched. They clinched a game... It Yankee Stadium, and they had a big lead going into the ninth, and going into the ninth, word got out that Toronto had lost, therefore eliminated them. So no matter what the Red Sox did in the ninth, they were the division champs. And they the bullpen had a complete meltdown in the ninth inning, and it ended on a walk-off grand slam. And the Yankees won the game, and celebrated, the Red Sox walked off the field and champagne bottles were waiting for them. So it felt like a devastating loss, but in the end it was, eh, okay, but you're still the division champs. It was the strangest clinching I can ever remember, because in all accounts, losing a walk-off game in the bottom of the ninth with two outs on a grand slam by Teixeira should be devastating, and instead it's, okay, but here are your T-shirts, and here's your champagne. And I think that, amongst anything else, sort of, to me, epitomizes the strangeness of that division title that, you know, kind of, you have to remind yourself, they won the division. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. But, you know, that was a, it, it left a strange taste. I, I wound up being happy because, look at it, the, winning the division title is a title for the 162-game season, not one night in the Bronx. And I, ax, I absolutely believe that if the Blue Jays, if they hadn't gotten word that the Blue Jays had clinched, they probably would have won that game because it would have been a great sense of urgency. But it, it doesn't matter. I just those are the games that stuck to my head. And I suppose the fight between Jose Bautista and Rugnet Odor. I just don't like fights in baseball. But that's just me. But those memories are stuck in my head now because that's the regular season. Those are the games in the regular season that stick with me. But those games will start to fade and become more and more distant memory as the years go on. As I struggle to remember regular season moments of 2010, 2009, 2008. I remember a few. I remember some from 2005, 4, and 3 because of the great Red Sox-Yankee rivalry. But I remember the Giants in 2002. I have a hard time remembering any individual games from that year. Hell, from 1999 
The Red Sox team, that I love that team. I remember a couple of games specifically, but not as many specific ones. Regular season memories become hazy. They start to fade out. If you have a DVD or a tape of their the highlights of the season, you may catch that and remember. I remember specific games of 1986, but that's because I had the 1986 highlight film and my brother and I watched it till the tape wore down. So I actually have clearer memories of the tape than I do of the games itself. So, these games will fade out. I may have an obscure memory of the Bartolo Colon homer. or Yeah, Jose Fernandez died and something happened. There was something dramatic. Someone hit a home run, I think. Or maybe 10, 15 years from now, I'll be flipping through. It's like, I totally forgot Max Scherzer struck out 20 in the game. I guarantee you, walk-off home runs like the Hanley Ramirez one will become you know, fainter and fainter in my mind because that's what happens. The regular season sets up the drama of October and the drama of the regular season is intense, it's wonderful, but in the end it's fleeting. And that's the nature of baseball. And so Cubs fan with the eight, that's just I tripped over your name. I don't care. I'm going to edit that out. I hope I did my best to answer your question. So go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for January 24th, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You'll remember me in the regular season, but you can call me Sully.